This is the Detection at Scale podcast, a new show designed to help security practitioners succeed at managing and responding to threats at a modern cloud scale. As the volume of data increases and the attack surface expands, it's never been more important to stay ahead of the curve. Each episode will feature interviews with leading security practitioners, thought leaders, and company founders who are building the next generation of security tools. I'm your host, Jack Naglieri, founder and CEO of Panther Labs. Now let's get into today's show. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Detection at Scale podcast. My name is Jack Naglieri, and today I'm here with Chris Kirsch, who is the CEO of Rumble, a company he co-founded with Metasploit creator HD Moore to help discover unmanaged devices for asset inventory. After gaining network visibility, Rumble's customers use their SaaS platform to tag asset owners, identify risks, map network topologies, accelerate IR efforts, find old hardware, and manage IP space. Previously, Chris used his product and technical expertise to formulate the go-to-market strategies for companies like Rapid7 and Veracode. And in 2017, he earned the black badge for winning the social engineering capture the flag competition at DEF CON. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm really interested in Rumble. So would you mind telling me the, the founding story? Sure, absolutely. So to tell the founding story, we really have to go a few years back to where I still worked at Rapid7 together with HD Moore, who's the creator of Metasploit. Rapid7 had acquired the Metasploit project at the time, and they brought me on board to help commercialize that offering. So I worked with HD and you know we helped put out the commercial Metasploit offerings and so on, and then continued working at uh, Rapid7 on other projects. One thing that we kept hearing from customers over time was that, yes, finding vulnerabilities on the network is great and doing you know penetration testing, but most customers didn't even know what they had on the network. It was actually a really difficult problem to figure out. And you know, years later, after HD and I had both left Rapid7, that problem was still unsolved. So thinking through that problem, HD kind of sat down and he said, well, the thing that's putting most networks at risk is the unmanaged assets. Those are also the hardest to find because most asset inventory solutions either use an agent on the devices that they're inventorying, or they're using an authenticated scan, which requires you to have credentials for that asset. If you have unmanaged devices, they're not going to be inventoried by either of those. So it's really the wrong approach to find the most riskiest and elusive assets on the network. But he had a background in penetration testing and exploit development. And when you get onto a network as a pen tester, you have no information about the network, right? You don't have any credentials, you have nothing. And you need to figure out what's there to see what you could attack, but also to pick the right exploit for the right system, right? Because if you pick the wrong flavor of an exploit or uh, think it's a different operating system, for example, then you're probably not going to be successful. So he used that expertise, all of the pre-exploitation stuff that's safe to do on a network and baked that into a product. And that's Rumble, you know, the beginnings of Rumble. We went a little bit further later on. And so what you get as a result is you have a way to scan your network that finds both of your managed and unmanaged devices, all of your IoT devices and development boxes that no longer have an owner that are sitting in the corner somewhere and your access badge readers and your HVAC systems, you know, all the stuff that's connected to the network. You're finding all of those and you're able to fingerprint them 
pretty much with the same accuracy and depth as an authenticated scan. So that's the basis of the product. And so he started developing that in 2018, I think. We kind of, we always kept in contact. And uh, when the technology had reached a maturity where he was getting good traction with customers, was able to scale up the technology and so on for very big clients as well, then we had a conversation and I decided to join the company to, again, you know, he's the technical brain behind the operation and I help on the commercial side to kind of scale up the organization. That's really great. Thanks for the background there. I think the thing that stood out the most was the ability to fingerprint assets with the accuracy and depth of authenticated scans. That was something that was always historically really challenging, just having to push agents out and set up the authentication in a way where you know you can have a centralized scanner. So are you using Metasploit for doing these scans? No, we're not using Metasploit. It's a completely proprietary technology. We saw that many of the vulnerability scanners and some of the other ways to scan a network that people are using out there kind of have the problem that they are not very kind to fragile devices. Right. So we made sure that the engine that we built actually was very benign to the network. So we're not sending any security probes. We're not sending any malformed IP packets to kind of like detect what kind of TCP IP stack a a device is using. But we're sending only very benign, normal, regular traffic. And we're also throttling that traffic per end device so that we're not flooding a single device with too much traffic. We can still scan a large network in a really short amount of time by going round robin and kind of spreading that network traffic across, but we're not going to overload a single device. And that actually, when we started working with customers, it turned out that that even works really well on OT environments. So, you know, all of the PLC controllers and all of that stuff in manufacturing and medical devices. So we scan like hospitals and and production plants and so on. We scan weird things like sawmills and fish farms and and big kind of like commercial agricultural farms as well. And we can do all of that without knocking the devices over because we only send very clean traffic, right? And yeah, so we're not using Metasploit there. We're using our proprietary engine. And when customers are migrating to Rumble, what are they typically coming from? Is it a specific type of platform that kind of solves the problem or is it homegrown tools or or what's the the shift usually? Yeah. So I think the majority of folks come to us with the following story. They say, hey, I need to know what's on the network. I've got my vulnerability scanner and the vulnerability scanner is fine at doing finding vulnerabilities, but it's actually not telling me enough about what a particular asset is, especially if it can't authenticate to the device. It might only tell you, hey, this is a Linux 2618, but it doesn't tell you that it's, you know, this IP camera with from this vendor with this firmware, et cetera, et cetera. So you only get very generic information. And then they have a look at their EDR agent. And the EDR agent gives them a different set of devices on the network. And the VON scanner and the EDR agent can't agree even what devices are on the network or how many. And they also know that with the EDR agent, they're missing all of the unmanaged devices, right? So those are typically the two solutions that people are looking into. And so they're really looking for something to provide a clean, up-to-date version of the asset inventory. Some companies still do it manually, which seems you know, very painful to me. And most people are trying to solve it with, with other solutions. The challenge is if 
all you're doing is ingesting other sources like vulnerability management and EDR. Even if you applied, you know, the fanciest of machine learning, you wouldn't be able to figure out what a device is if the information just isn't there, right? So that's why we base all of our asset inventory on active scans first, and then we augment it with integrations with other solutions. So for example, we can, through API integrations, import asset information from EDR agents, MDM, those kind of things. And then you can also run queries across to say, hey, which ones of my Windows assets that are on the internal LAN don't have a CrowdStrike agent on them? You know, those kind of things. That's a pretty common use case. And then, of course, a lot of companies have cloud infrastructure. So there we take a two-pronged approach. We integrate through APIs. So we get the asset inventory from that in that way. But the API imports don't really tell you what services are running on the devices. So for that, you can also put in a Rumble Explorer. That's what our scanner is called. You can put one of those in the VPC and it scans from there and you'll get much richer information about all of the assets in your cloud environment. And you will also sometimes see additional devices that the cloud platform spins up, but actually doesn't tell you about like through the API. So sometimes you make some discoveries that way and it gives you a fuller picture of everything. And so the advantage with Rumble is that you get all of that together. So the managed, unmanaged, on-premise to cloud and IT and OT all in one environment. Something you said about being able to run queries across your entire environment was really interesting. So you said you'd be able to detect if an agent wasn't running. How are you able to detect that if it's non-authenticated? So in some cases, let's say with CrowdStrike. With CrowdStrike, we get a list of devices that have CrowdStrike on them from the CrowdStrike server. We also have a list of devices that we found through our unauthenticated scan. And then we basically say, hey, tell me all devices that are on this subnet or in the database or whatever, or you know, all Windows devices or whatever your query is that do not have a CrowdStrike flag on them that are not provided by CrowdStrike. For other things, like for, I think there's five or six antivirus solutions that we can actually detect over the network without authentication. Kaspersky is an interesting one, right? Especially if you don't want to have Kaspersky on your network, then we can actually find those through an authenticated scan and tell you exactly which devices have Kaspersky on them. There's uh, four others, like, I don't know, I think it's McAfee, Avast, and, and some other ones. This is super interesting. I mean, a key part of detection and response is having the visibility into all these different things in the environment. And it feels like Rumble's filling the gap where you have certain assets that exist that don't have the monitoring turned on. Or for example, if it gets turned off, like that's something you always want to flag, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you obviously, you know, cut the power, you're not going to get any data data anymore, but having a system sort of watching over that, I think is hugely valuable. I mean, on the show, we really want to always talk about detection and response. So I'll sort of bring this angle to the conversation, which is how are customers usually using Rumble in an incident response uh, style situation? Sure. So there's pretty much three ways. So the first one is that they want to accelerate their investigations by having just more asset context. So that means, for example, that let's say you have an internal IP that's reaching out to a known bad IP and that's creating an alert. 
you want to know what that internal IP is, right? And remember the example that I gave earlier, where your tenable data might only give you like, you know, Linux 2618. That isn't a lot of context to help you figure out what that is. But if you add the Rumble data to that and it tells you, hey, it's an IP camera made by this vendor with this firmware, it's on this port, on this switch, and it's got this MAC address, right? And by the way, three days ago, it exposed a new service. Now you have a whole lot more to go on, right? So it doesn't help you with the detection itself. That's not what we do, but it helps you a lot with the context to make sense of your investigation. And then you can also use it to help you create your incident timelines by looking at how an asset might have moved around the network, if it added or removed certain services and so on. And you can also follow the devices across the entire network, right? And see the topology of the entire network from IT to OT to cloud, right? Because we're not limited to one of these environments. The next part is to help prevent the next incident. So while the vulnerability management team is often the one that you know, looks for vulnerabilities in a programmatic way, what we've seen is that the incident response team is often stepping in when things are on fire to prevent an intrusion coming in when a big vulnerability or a big uh, threat is surfacing. So examples of that are, for example, there's a company called PAX out there and the FBI raided the headquarters. PAX makes payment terminals and the FBI thought that somebody inside of PAX was putting malware on these payment terminals. So they raided the, the company. It's not a vulnerability, but if you have those devices on your network, it's still a risk. So you want to know, do you have those on there? And so with Rumble, we've scanned the entire network and we grab, you know, like all the different attributes from banners and from all sorts of ports that we have access to. And we make all of these searchable. So finding all of the PAX terminals is just one query. You don't even need to rescan because we don't require a different probe or something like that to find those. You just need to know what query to run. And it can be as simple as, you know, hardware vendor equals so-and-so. And for the, all the big stories that are coming out, we provide those queries to our customers over the blog and as saved queries in the user interface. Other examples are Huawei, SolarWinds, Apache servers, Exchange servers, like all of these things that are in the news, we help you find, or the HP printers are a recent example, right? So we help you find all of those. And it can either be a threat that you're seeing externally or let's say it might be that you did spot an intrusion on that IP camera, and now you want to find all the other devices in the company that are like that. So then, you know, you just look at that device and you say, okay, I want to see all the IP cameras or all the IP cameras of that vendor or with that firmware, right? You can find all of those and triage, do I need to take them off the network or update them or whatever. Then we also help you and this is kind of funky and interesting because people don't usually expect it. When we scan a device, even if we just scan it over one interface, we can actually also tell you if it has secondary network interfaces. So different ways we do that, that is through NetBIOS, through the endpoint mapper and so on, where we're able to leak secondary IP addresses from these devices. And then we build a graph of network bridges between different network segments that could be used for lateral movement. So it doesn't say that there has been lateral movement, but at least, you know, if you have an intrusion in a certain network segment, 
you can find all of these network bridges to other parts of the network to kind of follow the crumbs and see if the intruders were able to move across there. So that's really important because sometimes the network map that you have does not necessarily reflect reality. You know, it might be a laptop that's on the Wi-Fi and the LAN. It might be a rogue wireless access point or a router or something that somebody put in or, you know, some other device. And then you can also prevent intrusions by spotting attack vectors with some simple queries. So for example, a lot of companies ask us to, to find end-of-life operating systems. That's pretty easy. But also, because we scan the entire network, we can tell you, for example, if two machines have the same SSH key, same SSH host key, right? So this typically happens, for example, if you set up a virtual machine and then you clone that virtual machine. But now if an attacker is able to get into one of them, and has access to the private key, right? They can now intercept all of the communication to the other ones. And I've seen environments with customers where they had like hundreds of VMs with the same SSH key. So, you know, you can kind of look at the security hygiene on your network and try and figure out what's going on. And then the third part that people are using, this is just, you know, interoperating with their existing workflows. So taking the asset inventory data letting that flow into a SIM, for example. So Panther is one of those examples. You can trigger automated workflows either within Rumble or inside of a, another solution. So for example, let's say you found all of your SolarWinds boxes on the network and you've taken them offline and you want to be alerted if that ever happens again. You know, that's a really good way. Or what I've seen people do is, let's say they use RDP for remote access but they don't allow VNC and TeamViewer and all of these other ones. Just alert on if you ever see those on the network, because those are pretty commonly rogue, right? So it kind of helps you enforce your policies there. And then I think it's also important that you have a common basis to make your decisions on. Often IT and security or even you know, vulnerability management and incident response have a different understanding of what's on the network. So if you have a single source of truth, that really helps kind of find a common ground for conversations. I think it's super interesting, all the different layers that have to exist for good security. Part of it is assets, part of it is logs, part of it's identity, cloud, compliance. There's like so many different angles that you have to get right. And there's so much depth that goes into all of them. So like this area that you're talking about, you're able to just go super deep into assets and understand all the different angles that could happen there especially within an incident, but just more preventative or for compliance. So a lot of really interesting use cases that you just went in. You've talked about a couple that really reminded me of my incident response days too, saying like, oh yeah, the same SSH key is pushed everywhere. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, um, and sometimes it's it's weird what you find. You know, we had, uh, we sell our solutions mostly to end customers and it scales up pretty well. You know, like anything from your, you know, thousand asset mom and pop shop to, our biggest company is in the Fortune 5. And, you know, the smaller ones would work directly in Rumble. The bigger ones would then, you know, scan with Rumble and feed the data into your SIM or your CMDB and so on. Mm -hmm. And so, but this was an example where we sold to an MSP and one of their customers fired their sysadmin and asked the MSP to kind of like take over and kind of look into the network. And they actually figured out, like they found a whole part of the network 
that they didn't know what it was. And it turned out that the sysadmin actually had forwarded part of the network into his private home and was hosting illegal content. So that was a weird use case. We had others, actually several customers, this happened probably five or six times now, where Rumble found way more assets than they thought they had. And it turned out that the ISP was exposing their internal RFC 1918 space to the customer. So these are sometimes like misconfigurations that you wouldn't actively look for, but it's it's really good. And then a lot of companies find subnets that they didn't know existed. So with Rumble, we actually have a, an RFC 1918 map that we provide you of like where you have scanned things and where your assets are, but also which parts you haven't scanned. And we flag parts of the network that you haven't scanned, but we actually saw a secondary IP address. So let's say you scan one asset in one segment and it has the secondary NIC in another one. And we know that it's connected to that secondary subnet, but you haven't actively scanned that. That's an indicator that there are probably other machines in that subnet that you don't know about yet. So that's a recommendation to scan that subnet. That's really interesting. In fact, we have a ways to kind of like accelerate the scan where you can scan the entire 1918 space in a pretty much in a night to get an overview of like where you have assets and then you can go deep on those. Yeah, going back to the visibility piece, it's like those unmanaged assets end up being the most vulnerable and that's how you get popped, right? Mm-hmm. There's something that you get through an acquisition or by whatever means it goes unmanaged or it gets outdated. Someone finds it, someone exploits it. And then, oh, by the way, they're in the network and then they find another vulnerable system that is closer to your actual production environment. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, this sort of leads to a lot of breaches that we've actually seen in the wild many times, right? Yeah. Um, this also feels really relevant to preventing like supply chain attacks too, just being able to see all the related assets and the things that you know or may not know. So super interesting stuff. I'm really curious, like what is the deployment model really look like with Rumble? How do you go from zero to one? Sure. So the easiest way, if you want to try out Rumble, is to go to our website. It's rumble.run, as an R-U-N, and you sign up to the trial. It's a, a SaaS infrastructure. And then you download the Rumble Explorer, which scans your network and provides the results in your Rumble console. And that's really the easiest way. So most companies start out with one person who hears about us, they start out by scanning their home network because that's you know low risk and they don't have to ask anybody for permission. They can do a quick sanity check on you know whether Rumble really works as advertised. And then they take it into work and start the conversation internally and then with us to see how they go about mapping the network at work. And so there you have the option of either sticking with a SaaS environment for the console or going on-prem with the console. And what most companies do is they start scanning kind of like their big parts of the network first. And um, so essentially, if you're familiar with how you deploy, let's say a vulnerability scanner, similar footprint, right? You need kind of like one per location, one per segmented part of the network, scan the assets there. Oftentimes, actually, our customers put the Rumble Explorers on the same machines as the vulnerability scanner for a few reasons. Number one, you already have the hardware. Number two, the Rumble Explorer is super lightweight. It's 20 megabytes. You can even run that thing on a, on a Raspberry Pi if you wanted to. So there's usually enough capacity on the vulnerability scan engines to support that. And then also, if you have any sensors set up around the network that alert on scanning, 
then your vulnerability scanners are already whitelisted. So, you know, you're good from that front. So that tends to be a pretty good approach. But I've also seen, you know, if you have extremely small branch offices, I've seen people deploy Rumble on a POS device, on a Raspberry Pi, on a shared server, you know, like an office server or something like that. Or even sometimes scan it over the WAN if it's a really small office and you don't have any NATing or or session-aware devices in between. Yeah. So that's where you start. And that gives you a full inventory of your network with all the managed and unmanaged devices. And then you typically augment that by adding integrations with your EDR, with your MDM solutions. You can integrate with VMware, where you also see all of the virtual machines through an API integration, not just through an API scan. And then, the all, of course, the cloud environments, right? AWS, Azure, et cetera. And that gives you a full picture of uh, all of the assets on the network. That's great. Thanks for stepping me through that. I, I'm really interested to actually deploy it in my my home network and see. Yeah, try it out. It's what fun. we find and uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to put it on yeah. Raspberry Pi. I'll make a prediction. So what I typically hear from people is like, "Oh, that was easy. Oh, that was fast." Mm-hmm. And how the hell? <laughs> because you know, like if we can see all of the stuff without authentication, without any credentials, just by having a presence on the network it really brings the message home of like how much an intruder on the network would be able to see without having any, any credentials. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a really eye opening experience for most people. Yeah. I can imagine that, especially when you find assets you didn't know about. Yeah. And they say they find it both insightful and very scary. <laughs> That's like most things in security when you yeah. start. <laughs> Awesome. This has been an awesome conversation, Chris. To wrap up, I'm, I'm just curious on uh, some final advice and parting wisdom. So to succeed at really effective asset management and device security in the future, what are three pieces of actionable advice you'd give to people listening in? Sure. So the first one is insecurity. I often see people doing things that might make sense for a giant corporation or like the Department of Defense or something like that, but they're not covering the basics right? So get back to the basics, make sure you have those covered. I think asset inventory is one of those basics. It's the number one requirement on several security frameworks. And it's a basis not only for security, but also for IT. So there is a compounding benefit there. Second thing is don't ignore your unmanaged devices because those are typically unpatched. They don't have an owner. They're not managed and so on. They can put you at risk, right? So when I have beers with pen testers, oftentimes they find that development box in the corner that hasn't been patched for like, you know, three operating system generations. They get into that and do lateral movement from there to to the rest of the network. If we think way back, this is a, I'm dating myself. This is a super old example. The Sands Casino in Las Vegas, they got breached and it was like a credit card breach because one of their thermostats, there was a Wi-Fi connected thermostat in one of their fish tanks got popped and attackers moved there through lateral movement. So just because it's a device that isn't showing up in your active directory doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about it. And then the third thing is, you know, try getting all of that data into the central places where it matters. So in smaller companies that might be Rumble, in bigger companies that should be your SIM or your CMDB, or probably both because they're used by different teams. 
And if you want to try getting your Rumble data into Panther, for example, I can send you a YAML schema to help you import that Rumble data. And you can ingest those logs, just you know, throw them into an S3 bucket and ingest them from there. And then you can start writing detections against the Rumble data through Python, for example. All right. So that those are my pieces of advice. If you want to try out Rumble, uh, you'll find it at rumble.run, as in walk, don't run. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's my advice for folks. Awesome. Chris, this was great. Really glad that we had the chance to meet and chat and um, really looking forward to, to trying it out myself and uh, plugging it into Panther. That'll be really fun. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Detection at Scale podcast brought to you by Panther Labs. For access to the latest episodes, please visit our website at www.runpanther.io forward slash podcast. And for those interested in running Panther, head to our website, runpanther.io to sign up for a free trial. You'll get a dedicated instance with the ability to analyze your security logs in real time at any scale powered by detections as code and sending into a very robust security data lake. Our goal is to make detection and response easy, scalable, and fast for you, the practitioner. Thanks. See you again next time.